So let's welcome our senior pastor, Troy Thompson, to the stage. Good to be here, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Mary. It's good to be here with you. Um, Just a little testimony. um, Sometimes God will ask you to give, and it'll hurt you. Uh, I I had three Harleys till yesterday. I had three. And then the Lord spoke. I gave one away. Sometimes God will say stuff and it'll hurt you a little bit, you know. Not really. I just gave you. God, so I gave it to my, I gave it to my oldest son. But my, my wife was concerned about me. She said, "Are you sad?" I said, "No, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm all right." <laughs> so, um, take your Bible. Go with me to Numbers 13, verse 33. Are you full of faith today? Amen. You full of faith? Uh, if you're not full of faith, um, lift your hands up. If you're not, just lift your hands up. Say, Lord, help my unbelief. Honestly, honestly, if you need, if you need help this morning, this is what you do. Lord, help my unbelief. Because I, 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 it's, imp- it's important that the room is in faith. Yeah. You're going to see it here in a minute, but it's very important that this room right now, it t- we touch and agree together. Right? So I, I, need you, I need you in the posture of faith. And so if you say, I came in doubting, I just need you to, to say what the man said. Lord, help. My unbelief. You can say it underneath your breath if you need to. If you, if you, you know, you don't, I don't, don't want to tell everybody that my faith is wavering today. It's okay. Lord, help my unbelief. It's important. It's important. If you're mad at me, you don't like me, uh, don't look at me. I'm serious. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I realize, but it's more important that you get, you receive the word of the Lord today than you like me or that you, you know, you, like, just look away, close your eyes while I preach, and just receive the word of the Lord. I don't want to be in, in the Lord's way today. I need you, and you're going to see, I need you to receive the word of the Lord today. Numbers 13, 33, that's the text. I'll read it for you. We'll read it together. It says, there, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and they came, they, uh, uh, that came from the giants, and we were like, what were they like? In, in our own sight. And so we were, but before they saw us that way, we saw us that way, okay? Now, I'm going to take you back a little bit. Um, so, so Moses, uh, here's a word from the Lord. Moses gets a word from God, and God says, Moses, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm telling you what I'm going to do before I do what I'm going to do. I need you to go get one leader from each tribe, and I need you to tell them that I'm sending them in to the promised land that I'm giving them, right, before I give it to them. You hear me? God tells, God tells Moses, Moses, I'm going to give my people the promised land. I'm going I'm to let them taste it. I'm going to let them walk in it. I'm going to let them breathe it. I'm going to let them see it before I give it to them. I'm going to give them a foretaste of what I'm giving to them. Go tell, go get the leaders. Go get the leaders. Remember that. That's important. Go get the leaders, Moses, and pick one from each tribe and you send them in so they can see it. They can taste it. They can walk on it. They can pick the grapes and bring them back. Let them bring some of it back. So it's evidence of the goodness of of the land of where I'm taking them. So when they come back, they're going to give testimony 
to the fact that God said what he said and we saw what God said. Remember that. So, so he, gets, he gets the leaders and he sends them in and they go in and it's exactly, they came back, they, they, they saw it. They saw it. They said, man, this place flows like milk and honey, which is kind of weird because milk is gross. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess it's not, you know, it's supposed to be cool. Like, like this place flows like smooth coffee in the morning. You know what I mean? I don't know. And honey, no, not oat milk. Oat milk. That's an abomination. That's what the cows are for, milk and honey. So they go in, they see it, they see it. There's a sticky part on the thing here, man. That's awesome. Okay, I keep sticking on it, though. I got to move. So I was thinking, I was like, what's going on down there? So they go in and they see it and they come and, and they're like, man. So they come back. They come back, and and the majority of them are like, yo, it's true. It's true. It is exactly like God said, Moses. It, it, it is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It is true. Look at the size of these grapes. They're like basketballs. And they said, but, but then... But then they said, because, you know, because church folks talk, we just talk. We talk too much, if you, if you ask me. We talk too much. And we'd be wise to shut up. When God shows us something, and maybe we're afraid, and maybe we start to doubt, we'd be better to just be quiet. But we like to talk, so we start talking. And they start talking. And the majority of them start saying, yeah, but... Yes, it is true what God said, Moses, exactly like you said, but, but the people there are, are giant. There are giants there. There are giants there. And, 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 and at that, at that, uh, Caleb speaks up. Caleb speaks up and he says, hey, 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 be quiet, be quiet. He tries to get him to be quiet. He's like, hey, hey, shh, shh be quiet. No, 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 Moses. We, we're going to go ahead and we're going we're gonna to go ahead and receive what God gave us. And, and then they wouldn't, they got so mad at Caleb, Joshua, and Moses. Go back and check the story. They picked up rocks. They were about to stone him and they were about to elect new leaders to take them back to Egypt because of the giants. And then the glory of God fell. Read it. It's in Numbers 14. The glory of God shows up. And, and now suddenly God begins to, he begins to thunder away. And he's, he's upset. He's angry. And he's angry because the report that they brought back was a contradiction to what he told them he was going to give them. And the majority of them were more intimidated by the giants than they were in fear of him and his direction for them. So he said, I got to kill you. So he says, none of you, none of you will go in. Your children will go in. Turn around now. Head to the wilderness. And then we come to this text. He says, Moses, I'm going to give you a glimpse of the promised land before I give you the fullness of the promised land. The scripture in the New Testament, it says, it is your father's 
good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus said, when you pray, you should pray this way. Our Father, who art in, hallowed be thy name. Well, that's important. That reverence part is important. Because if you fear the giant more than you fear the word of the Lord for your life, hallowed, reverent are you, Father. Hallowed be thy name. Now, then it says, what? Your Let's keep going. Jesus said, you should pray that God would give you a glimpse of heaven before he gives you the fullness of heaven. He says exactly what Moses said. He said, the Father's going to give you heaven He's going to give you a taste of heaven before he gives you the fullness of heaven. He says, he says I'm going to give you some heaven. Every time we enjoy the presence of the Lord, there's a, there's a glimpse of the kingdom. Every time we come into the presence of the Lord, there's a snapshot of the future, of the glory of the Lord. He said, I'm going to give you what I'm giving you before I give you what I'm going to give you. I just need you to believe that I'm taking you to a greater place. I need you to believe. The reason I give you my presence is so that it encourages you to know that you are not hopeless in this world. You are not struck down. You are not persecuted. You are not finished. You are not marginalized. You're not stepped over. You are not forsaken. You are going to receive in fullness what I give you in temporary. So he says, I promise you glimpses of eternity within the temporary confines of time. Just like Moses said, he said, I'm going to give you what I'm going to give you before I give you what I'm giving you. I'm going to give it to you. And they said, they said, no, no, man. God takes discouragement so serious. Look at, look at the seriousness of how God deals with the, discourage, the discouraging report of the majority of those who came back. He's so angry, and, and Caleb and Joshua knew it. He was like, hey, 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 be quiet. Be quiet, man. Be quiet. You don't know the presence of the Lord. You think you know the presence of the Lord, but you, know the pre- you don't know the presence of the Lord because if you knew the presence of the Lord, you would not bring discouragement to those that God meant to bring courage to. You're stealing courage when you're supposed to bring, be bringing courage back. You're supposed to be encouraging one another, not discouraging one another. And because you brought a spirit of discouragement to the entire congregation, I'm going to he takes it serious so right now just lift your hands I promise that I'm going to bring encouragement and not discouragement to the body of Christ to the believers of Jesus I'm going to be those who report the goodness of God in the land of the living I'm not going to align myself with those who would bring discouragement and steal the courage of Israel I will not do it I won't do it I won't do it. So there's three things I want you to know here as we get started. First, you need to write down real big. Open that first page of your Bible and write down, I'm not a grasshopper. You're not, you are not a grasshopper. Three things quickly. When you feel most intimidated you're probably really close to a level up moment. 
when you see giants, giants come to intimidate, bring discouragement, chase you away from the promises of God for your life. They come right, right on the backside of that giant that's in front of you. Whatever that, whatever giant that, how do you know a giant? How do you know a giant? How do you identify a giant? Giants come to intimidate. They just intimidate. They got no power. They have no power. They've, they just come to intimidate. And they come to intimidate right on the line of where the promise is the nearest. So, so from now on, when you see a giant coming, when you see a giant standing there, just know it's not there to scare you away. It's there to let you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I, there's a promise right behind me. I'm the giant. I'm the giant letting you know I stand above everything. I try to intimidate you, but the power of the Lord is upon you. All you have to do is get what's behind me. You can come through me. So giants are there to, to, to signal the promise of the Lord, not to chase you away from them. Number two, the majority of those around you can only see you as less than, equal to, but rarely, rarely better than they see themselves. That's important because you, I, the reason I say that is because I don't want you to get mad at people. Because somebody got a little more grasshopper in them than you got in you, don't get mad at them. I'll get to that in a minute. You, I'll get to that. We're going to come back to that one. So rarely, the majority of the people. Now remember, God told Moses, go get the leaders. Oh, the, these bums? These bums? These are the leaders? The majority? So I want you to know, the majority, there are Joshua and Caleb's in the land. The, but, but the majority... The majority of the people around you, they got too much grasshopper in them. They don't, they, what, what God put in you scares them. And, and it scares them. And, and they, they, won't, they can't see themselves defeating that giant, so they'll never see you defeating it. They can't see them. They say, they say things like, well, my uncle died from it. My daddy died from it. That means, no, 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 son. I, I wasn't like the 10 that went in. I'm like the two that went in. And that is, that, that's the spirit in the heart that I care. So you got to say, you got you to get the grasshopper mentality out of you. Because the majority of the people, this, this, this we know is fact. This we know is fact that the majority of the people, and I'm talking about in the church, out of the church, everywhere, man. The majority of the people have grasshopper mentality. We know this is true because we went through four years of grasshopper mentality of everybody. I think I am owed an apology. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm like, yo, man, come on back. I love you. I'm not mad at you, but you owe me an apology. Because you had a grasshopper mentality. You got mad at me and left the church because you saw you as a grasshopper, unable to over, overcome all of these things. You got mad at me and you dipped on me, but I was the one telling you what God said. So, so that's, that's important that you see because you... Because you don't want to get mad at people for the grasshopper mentality that they have. You just got to help them get the grasshopper out of them. All of us got some grasshopper in us. Everybody. But we got to help one another get the grasshopper out of one another. 
I don't need you. I don't need you calling me out. I need you calling me up. I need you to tell me, hey, man, you're seeing it wrong. That's not what God said about you. I know the doctor said that you're in stage 1, 2, 3, 4, 10, 20. I, but I'm just telling you what the report of the Lord is. The report of the Lord says he's taking us in to show us what he's taking us into fully. But I just need you to know right now you got to hope for something greater. Some, there, there's a greater promise than what you're, what you're experiencing right now. There's something greater than the giant that's in front of you right now. And I want to encourage you to hold on to that. Get that grasshopper mentality out of you. And then last of three, it's not the size of the giant that keeps you out of your promised land, but it's the size of your relationship with your God that prevents you from entering your promised land. Numbers 13. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Here's the first thing I need you to know as we do this. I need you to see yourself better. It's so important that you see you better. Because until you see, see, if you see you like a grasshopper, then you can't help but see me like a grasshopper. Doesn't, doesn't matter how good I tell you God is. Doesn't matter how much evidence I bring back with me from where I've been. Doesn't matter the testimony I carry in my spirit. I can sit here all day and tell you my wife died and was dead 15 seconds there until I called upon the name of the Lord. And if you're experiencing sickness in your body, I've seen the sick made well. I've seen the dead rise. I've seen blind eyes open. I can tell you that all day. But if you have a problem seeing you as a grasshopper, you'll always see me as a grasshopper. So it's important for all of us that we make sure that the person to the right or left of us get rid of the grasshopper mentality and the vision they carry. I need you to see you better. I need you to see you walking in strength. I need you to see you more anointed. I need you to see you owning the business. I need you to believe in it. I need you to believe in the call of God for your life. I need you to believe that your marriage is going to be healed and restored. I need you to believe that you can kill this giant. Because if you don't believe you can kill the giant, then, then what you do individually will never exceed what we do corporately. You see, we can touch and agree all day long about something. But if you don't believe you can kill the giant, we ain't never going to kill the giant. So I need you to believe that you can overcome this thing. I need you to believe that you're greater than this thing that's in front of you. I need you to see you better. I need you to see you walking in the strength and the glory and the anointing of God. I need you to see you better. You see, we disconnect ourselves. We think that our private prayers are meaningless to the corporate body. But this text tells us that we can't go nowhere together that we ain't already been to by ourselves. So you say, oh, it don't matter. It don't matter if I pray. It don't matter if I live right, love everybody, pray hard. It don't matter. Yes, it does. Because God has a promise for his church. God has a promise for his church. It's not just your promise, man. I need you to see that it's our promise. I need you to know that God's taking us somewhere, that you're not separate from me, that you're connected to me, that we are the family of God, that we are the body of the living God. And that we're only as strong. We are only as strong as our weakest. The weakest among us lets us know the powers of our prayers, whether or not they prevail. 
Because if you see you, if you see you like a grasshopper, you ain't never going to believe that I can kill a giant. We know this is true. David showed up there on the battlefield. They was all intimidated by the giant. David showed up with some cheese and crackers. And he looked out and he was bewildered. He was bewildered. He was like, what's the matter with all you guys? Why are you letting this do? Why are you letting this uncircumcised Philistine talk, about, talk this way about your God? You are the children of the Most High God. This dude's out here talking crazy. Somebody, what, what's going on? He gets mad. They get offended because he's mad. They see themselves as grasshoppers. Guess what they saw him as? A grasshopper. But he said, no, there ain't no grasshopper in me, son. There ain't no grasshopper in me. My heart, my heart don't pump Kool-Aid. Give me a few rocks and I'll take care of this dude. So you need to know. Your family, your sisters, your brothers, cousins, uncles, nephews. Jesus said the same thing. He went to his hometown. He said, they, they, they see me like they see them. They see me as common, so therefore I can't do nothing here. Because of the way they see me. They see me. They see themselves like grasshoppers. So they see me like a grasshopper. So I got to get up out of here. A prophet is not without honor except where he lives. Why? Because they know him. They, they, think, they, they think because they're grasshoppers, Jesus is a grasshopper. And I got you. You know, and I'm not telling you this to, to, to like, so you walk around with a chip on your shoulder. I'm telling you this so you walk around with grace in your hands. Grace in your mouth. Like empathy in your spirit. When you see somebody that sees themselves less than what God made them on the, on the cruel cross of Calvary, then you walk up to them and you say, you are not what they said. You are not what the doctor said. Your life is not what that guidance counselor said. You are not what culture says. You are not a product of this society. You are different. You are holy. You are separate. You are anointed. You're a, you're, you're a giant killing, anointed, devil stomping child of the most high God. So you walk around with empathy, not, not a chip. It's easy to walk around with a chip and like, man, if you, if you, and blame, 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 on, blame the fact that we're not where we should be because, because of them, because of those, because, you know, no, it's our job. It's our job to bring encouragement to one another. It's our job. Just If you see somebody shook, if you see somebody insecure, if you see somebody like vulnerable, it's our job now to go and to, and to pour courage, oil, and wine on them and say, man, I see you like Jesus sees you. To every man in here, let me speak to you. When it's time to pray for people, I see you healing the sick. I see you under the anointing of God, laying hands. It's time. Men, I need you to see you better, man. I need you to see you as, as, as a royal priesthood. I need you to see you powerful. I, can't, I, I mean, you need to turn off your television. Stop talking to this world and start, like, listen, and listen to this preacher preach to you. I'm telling you, you are powerful. And the reason you're going through what you're going through is because the enemy knows. He's just trying to intimidate you because the enemy knows the end of his days are, are right there in front of him as you face him. So I need you to see you better. One of my most favorite quotes is by G.K. Chesterton. This is what he said. I love this. He says, 
Fairy tales do not tell children the dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that the dragons can be killed. And I'm here to tell you, the dragons that are intimidating you can fall by the faith of a mustard seed. But you gotta, you gotta, I'm here to tell you, you're not a grasshopper, man. You're not a grasshopper. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider one another. In order to do what? Stir one another up. To do what? To love and good works. Ephesians 3.20. Look at me. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do what? Exceedingly. What's God able to do for his people? Exceedingly. Abundantly. Above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in who? That works in who? Come on, I need you to preach with me. Where does it, where does it work in? In you? In me? No, it works in us. That power works in us. It don't work in me. It don't work in you individually. It works in who? It works in us. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could think, ask, or imagine, according to the power. There's power in us. There's greater power in you and me. There's greater power in we than there is in you or me. Philippians 1 6 says this being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ what God started he's going to finish Amen. so I need you to see you better I need you, I need you to see you healed it's important to us all that you see you healed that you see you Free from addiction. I don't care the giant that's in front of you. I just need you to see you free. I need you to see you joyful. Just see you that way. Because if you don't see you, listen, there's a price to be paid for us all. I need you to see you better. This is what Joshua and Caleb were trying to to get the, the, the congregation to understand. Like, hey, man, be quiet. Be quiet. Like, look, he gave us what he gave us already. It was proof and evidence of what he's giving us. I need you to see you better. Number two, God has a promise for his church. God's taking us somewhere. I need you to know that God is taking you somewhere greater than he did yesterday. Come on. This is what happened to the children of Israel. I said, oh, man, they could not believe that God had something better for them tomorrow than he, than he brought them from yesterday. And it's really hard at times to believe in the midst of facing giants that God has something greater. You mean to tell me hope? Now, now, now faith is the hope. Faith is hope. You know, that hope there. You got you to gotta believe that tomorrow is going to get better. I need you to believe that tomorrow, your tomorrow is better than your yesterday. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast to what? Our confession of hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who, is prom- who has promised is faithful. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that all, work, all things work together for what? You know that one? For good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. I need you to to believe that God is working all things out for our good. You see, 
But, but you know, like you don't know the giant I'm facing. I'm telling you, you got to believe that God, that God still kills giants today. Now look at this. 1 John 2.25 says, and this is the promise. This is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. What did he promise you? What's the promise? What's the promise? He promised you what? He promised you eternal life. Now, let me ask you something. Do you suppose that you're going to need eternal life when you get to eternity? So when did God promise you eternal life? Now, man, God promised you eternal life when? Within the confines of the temporary constraints of time, God promised you what? Eternity. He promised you the promise within time. He said, I'm going to give you the promise within time. You ain't going to need the promise. Look, you're not going to need the promise of healing when you get to eternity. When you get to heaven, you're not going to need healing. You already have it. You're not going to need provision when you get to heaven. You already have it. You're not going to need peace when you get to heaven. You already have that, man. When you're going to need it is right now. What's the promise? Eternal life. He gave you eternal life when now he gave it to you right now i need you to believe in eternal life jesus said i'm the way the truth and the eternal life is jesus i need you to believe in eternal life I need you to hold your your faith and hope. I need you to know that that how you face your giants matter to all of us man. There've been people that faced giants and and didn't win the battle. But I watched them fight that giant, and it brought courage to my spirit, man. I watched a man years ago serve communion while he was dying. I mean, literally dying in his body, but he served communion. It broke me, but it brought courage to my spirit. I need you to know that how you face your giants today matters to us all. It matters to our children. It matters that you stand unwavering in front of whatever the doctor says, this world says, the the attorney, whatever. It, It matters how you stand in front of those giants because it'll it'll either maintain it'll it'll either galvanize their spirit in in the lord or it will break them i say this all the time i would rather die in faith than live in doubt so come what may, I would rather die in my faith. You, I, you let it be known. If a giant takes me out, I will go out fighting against a giant. You need to take a stand today, men, and say if giants come against my time, my land, my children, my family, I'm going to die fighting this giant or I'm going to kill this giant. But let it be known the fight will be in faith and I will not waver or let go of the one who has called me. He called my name. That boy that Jesus touched the coffin of, that was me. He, that was yours. It was our coffin. He rose us from the dead out of, a, out of a death. He rose us up out of it. We owe him that to live our life in faith. Luke 10, 9 says, and heal the sick there. Heal the sick there. And you say to them, what do you say to them? The kingdom of heaven has come near. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus said, you tell them. You go, you go lay hands on the sick. You go lay hands on the sick. Okay. And then when they're healed, you let them know, I just brought some of him here. I, I just gave you what God wants to give you in fullness. 
You just witnessed what God wants to give you. He gave you a little bit of it so he can give you all of it in fullness in eternity. He said, whenever you see the kingdom of heaven invade the earth, let them know, man, the kingdom of heaven just came. And when the kingdom of heaven comes, here's what I want you to grab hold of. When the kingdom, when the presence is manifest in the room, like it was just a little while ago, when the presence is manifest in the room, 100% of the kingdom of heaven is available. (laughs) <laughs> like you need to know like Jesus Jesus shows up and he doesn't show up with a checkbook that cannot write checks for whatever it is you're, you're facing today Jesus shows up and all of the treasury of heaven comes with him and you just have to have the courage to believe that within the confines of time you can have what he wants to give you already that he's promised you <laughs> so I just need you to believe <laughs> I need you to see you better and I need you to believe that God has better. I know it's hard. I know the giants intimidate. I know they scare. I know they try to make you feel like you can't do. I know culture's just threatening you. I know it's intimidating to to stand for Christ in this hour. Man, but I need you to see you as a giant killing anointed son of God. And then lastly, obedience. God needs, here's what trips me out about this story. That this was the best. This was the best that the tribes brought forward. These weak, passive, discouraging. That was the best. Bro, don't include me in your we. I found... I don't see me. Like you gotta, you gotta, it's time for men, children of faith to stand up like, hey, 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 oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, man. Don't you, don't you include me in your we. I don't see me that way. I don't see me running from that thing. I don't see me agreeing with that. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you that is not the way it is. What's, what's, what's crazy is that the majority, what's crazy to me is that in those three years that we went through that pandemic, that the majority of the church saw themselves that big, that big, man. So what God needs then Men and women, leaders, who have first word obedience. First word obedience. When the word of the Lord comes, yes. Yes, God. Because here's the truth. And you could take this to the bank twice on Sunday. God does not owe you a second word. God does not owe us a second explanation, a second, a second manifestation. He doesn't owe us one more ounce of his presence in a room. He's already, what he's given you is enough. I need you to know that, that the presence of the Lord, that he has shown you, the goodness of God, that he is, that, that's me telling me, shut up. Shut up. First word, obedient leaders. Obedience is greater 
and sacrifice. He can do way more with our first word obedience. God, you said it. I believe it. Don't water it down. Don't rationalize it. Don't compromise it. You know, God's spoken some things to us. He has, man. I remember him speaking things to me, and then and it, didn't, it started to unravel, you know? And I'm one of those guys that, like, I will say what God said right away because I, wanna, I want everyone else to know, and I want them to know that, to hold me accountable to what God said. So I'm not, so if you've got a secret, don't tell me. I'll probably tell everybody. So as soon as God shows me something, I'm, 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 I'm that dude, man. I'm going to tell everybody. You're, I'm like, oh, did you know she's pregnant? She is. Did you know? <laughs> somebody was somebody oh, yeah yeah no don't do that okay but but I remember God showing me stuff like you know and then I'll say it right away because I want to get it out there I want, I want people to like this is what God said this is what God said this is where God's taking us this is what God said so, so when we all go in that direction you can like you can check it amen I remember what you said in this you're kind of deviating from what God said. And some, like Caleb and Joshua, stood up and said, hey, you're deviating. You're rationalizing. It's, it's, norm, it's, it's human to rationalize and normalize when stuff don't start walking out the way you thought God said it. But the just shall live by faith. It's not my job to raise the dead. It's not my job to bring the vision to pass. That's God's job. It's my job to be obedient to what he said. So I just encourage you. If God said something to you, go back. Repent. And say, God, I'm not going to make excuses for why it appears as if or maybe it's changed. No, no, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to believe that what you said is what you said. If you said you're going to heal me, I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to believe it fully. First word, obedience. Exodus 19, 4 to 6. You've seen what I did. Here, here it is. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians. Look at what God says. How I bore you on eagle's wings, and I, I, brought, I brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant then 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 you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine he's reminding us like i just want you to know i'm in control it's all under control i got it under control all the earth is mine and you are going to be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation God can do more with your obedience than your sacrifice. He doesn't owe you one more explanation of why he sent you, what he called you to. Not one. First word, obedience. You're not promised a second. Isaiah 119 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall what? You're going to eat of the good of the land. That's now. But I want you to know, stern warning here. They didn't make it. That first generation didn't make it. And and God knew. God knew. He had to be so, the, the judgment had to be so severe because he knew that what Moses was alluding to was what Jesus would, would come and fulfill. 
She said, I can't have a weak bride that doesn't trust my word. When my word is spoken, I need them to be confident in it. I need them to know. Jesus says, I'm telling you these things. So when these things happen, you will know that I said these things to you, that I'm going to be raised on the third day. I need you to stand unhindered by whatever giants come up in the land. I need a bride that is courageous and brave and bold who will come before the throne of grace with boldness and make her prayers and I need a bull bride so he knew so he could not compromise so the warning to us today is stop compromising the word of the Lord what he said he said if he said it if he says he raises the dead then he raises the dead if he says he heals all disease guess what he heals Air one of them. All of them. All of them. If he says, if he says like he casts demons out, cast demons out. So what is it that separated Caleb and Joshua from even Moses? Because Moses didn't go either. Moses didn't get to go either. And you say, man, if Moses didn't get to go, how, how can I make it? He didn't go. He didn't go because he questioned God. What is it that separated Caleb and Joshua? Here's what he said. He said, Caleb has a different spirit. He has a different spirit. And the different spirit, you see, you're never going to kill the giants. You'll always be intimidated. You'll always see yourself as a grasshopper without the Holy Spirit. Because only the Holy Spirit can speak the truth to you when the giant, when he stands in front of you. Only the Holy Spirit. Not your sister, your brother, not your husband. Not no. Stop looking to me. I'm going to tell you, go talk to the Holy Ghost who, who reveals in darkness light, who speaks to lies and declares truth, who tells and wit, who's a witness of Jesus. Go talk to the Holy Ghost. You got to be of a different spirit. Number two, you need authentic faith. Authentic faith that has a relationship that is genuine. Jacob, Caleb and Joshua, they knew God. They knew him. Ten, ten leaders didn't. It's like, you, if, if I tell my kids, if I tell my kids, like, hey, I got you, they know me. I tell your kids, they might not. They don't know me. You can jump. You can jump. I'll catch you. My kids will jump. I'll catch them. They know it. I tell your kids to jump. Like, no, go get my dad. They'll, they'll say, go get my dad. You need an authentic relationship if you're going to kill these giants. If you're going to stand in front of these giants and kill them. If you're going to stop thinking of yourself as grasshopper, you need a relationship that's real. You need a relationship with Jesus. Not God, generically. Jesus. He is Lord of all. 
And then lastly, we need a heart like David. You know what David did? He killed giants. He killed giants, man. You say, what was it about David's heart that gave him the courage to kill giants? What was it? He was sensitive. He was sensitive to the heart of Christ. He was so sensitive. He, he was so sensitive to the Spirit of God that, that the conviction of the Lord would swallow him up in these weird moments. Like he'd be in a cave getting ready to kill his enemy and the Spirit of the Lord would come and bring conviction to him. He's so sensitive to the voice of God that he said, no, I can't even do it. I can't. This enemy, he's trying to kill me, but I can't do it. He has a sensitivity to the Spirit of God. That's what made his heart so special. And, and we need a heart like David that's sensitive to the Spirit of God. So sensitive. Like, Spirit of God, blow. Just push you in a direction. God, give me, give me a heart that's sensitive. Because, because here's the reality. If you can develop a heart that's sensitive, not only will you be able to kill the giants and their relatives, but you'll raise an army. heart of the Lord that's so sensitive it's inspirational to everyone around you you see if, if you believe and your heart is sensitive to the word of the Lord now suddenly it fills my heart with courage and I believe I can kill the giant that's in front of me and, and, and what we need is the heart of the Lord the sensitivity to the heart of the Lord come on let's stand as we close so today this is how God sees you you're not a grasshopper God does not see you sick Come on, just lift your hands. God does not see you sick. God does not see you broke. God does not see you depressed. God does not see you losing. God does not see you addicted. God does not see you offended. God does not see you bitty, bitter, angry, less than, disqualified, ruined, broken, or undeserving. God sees you as an overcomer. God sees you as a royal priesthood, a son and a daughter, killing giants, not only killing the giants, but raising an army of giant killers. You are the Joshua and Caleb of your time. Now I pray, God, courage strength to face every giant today and right now God take take out of the spirit of your people the grasshopper mentality remove it by your spirit every intimidating lying foul spirit that would come to tell us we can't God said you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength in this room right now Christians are praying if you're in this room watching online you've never given your heart to Christ pray this prayer with me Jesus I ask you to forgive me of my sins I repent come into my heart and make me brand new take my life let it be a testimony how you took the grasshopper out of me and made me a giant killer all for your glory in Jesus name amen amen live right love everybody pray hard thank you for being here today we bless you